Hey, this is Find Out, a podcast for student-aged girls. We are going to be answering heavy questions students from Central Church have asked. Our goal is to unpack these questions, looking to scripture to guide us. Know that our heart is to always point you back to the Lord. Parents, this topic is sensitive, and we don't intend this to be an all-encompassing discussion. Girls, please be open with your parents with any questions you might have. Hey, girls, what's up? It's Kathleen here. And Abby. And we are so excited to be recording today and talking about um, a topic that is probably been on everyone's mind. Um, maybe you have friends who have been dating. Maybe you yourself have been dating. And this question has come up, how far is too far? So we're going to be exploring what the Bible has to say about that today. Um, and so let's dive in. All right, Kathleen, before we get started, I want to share a little story just about my own journey with, I guess, purity and things surrounding. <laughs> oh. Um, just when I was younger. Okay. Um, so this is, this is not super recent. This was when I was in sixth grade. Um, our kids ministry, sixth grade was a part of kids ministry at the time, and they take this trip, they take this retreat called, called Crossroads. And they were heavily promoting it at the time. And if you guys don't know what Crossroads is, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but um, in my understanding, it was just a weekend retreat with the church. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go on that. So I was asking my mom, like begging my parents to let me go on this retreat. My mom looks it up. And, of course, it's got all the information about it on the church website. It is a retreat that's supposed to teach you about purity and how to guard your heart. And, like, you're entering this time in middle school where, like, people are starting to date. Um, you may start like having crushes on boys, like like every <laughs> it's supposed to well prepare you, ground you in the Lord for um, those types of encounters where people around you are dating, and the whole the whole scene changes um, from elementary school to middle school and high school, and so it's just supposed to well prepare you for that and give you that kind of talk about it. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> I did find out at some point between going on the trip and having been signed up for it, but I do remember my mom coming to me. And saying, Abby, are you sure this is a trip you want to go on? Like, <laughs> is this really something you're interested in? And me thinking it was just a normal, mm -hmm. fun church trip. I don't know. Maybe I thought. Maybe Little Abby go. just wanted to go and hang out. And yeah. Have fun. <laughs> I really just wanted to go. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to go out and have fun. Um, and little did I know. And I did. I did find out um, what I was in for. So that was helpful. I wasn't completely blindsided. But I did go on Crossroads. And I wonder... Mm -hmm. Um, what was going through my mom's head when I was so excited to go? She was, was probably a, thankful was in her heart, you know? Yeah. She was like, my daughter wants to seek purity through this game. Yes. Hopefully so. <laughs> also, hi, mom. <laughs> Hello. All right. Well, with that little, with that little anecdote of mine, <laughs> let's, um, let's dive into this okay. episode. I want to say I'm so glad that someone asked this question, how far is too far? I know if you are in middle school and high school and maybe you yourself are dating or you have friends that are starting to date, like it just crosses your mind. And I think it's a healthy thing to ask if it's asked in the right way, but we'll get into that. Um, but I'm glad that someone asked this because sometimes it doesn't get talked about. Like I know there's a lot of confusion surrounding it, so I'm glad that we're unpacking it today. Same, Abby. I just, the courageousness and boldness that it took for someone to write this down 
is just incredible. And so we, Abby and I are so thankful that someone did that. They took the step to just be bold enough to say, okay, no, really, I've been thinking this. How far is too far? I myself like have definitely asked this question. Um, I know several of my girlfriends have asked this question. And so you know, we're just, we're hoping to shed some light for you guys on this today because I think a lot of shame surrounds this topic. And so, um, we don't want to be isolated in this and we want to shed light where the devil tries to have a stronghold because he can't get back Satan. (laughs) Um, but like Abby was kind of mentioning, like, where is the heart of this question coming from? Are you saying, how far is too far? Um, as in like, how far can I go? How can I press boundaries? Um, maybe and just go a little bit further and it's still be okay in God's eyes. Um, if we're asking from that standpoint, I think that gets down to a deeper heart issue. Um, and that we need to be aware of that because we want to be in line with what scripture calls us to be. And we'll be exploring some of that today. Um, but really just take a moment to ask yourself, how am I asking this question? Do I want to be in recognition of, um, how God has called me to live or am I wanting to kind of push the boundaries a little bit? Exactly. I think it's so important before we begin to talk about it, do a heart check for yourself. See, you know, am I asking this to say how much, how, how much can I get away with? Or is it, okay, no, really, how do I guard myself? How do Mm -hmm. I, how do I guard myself? Well, where do I set my boundaries? So I'm in step with the Lord, but also I know this might be a little disappointing, but we are not going (laughs) to necessarily answer this question with something that is black and white Mm -hmm. and, I think it just goes back to exactly what Kathleen was saying. It's a heart question. And so there's not, there's not some set of like do's and don'ts. It's not, it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. And so just to begin with that saying, know your heart behind, um, know your heart behind what you're, where you're asking this question from. So as we start approaching our scripture today, we're going to first look at sex within marriage, and then we're going to look at sex outside of marriage through scriptural context. Um, So again, I just want to emphasize that there's two kind of bold topics here, and that is sex within marriage and sex outside of marriage that the Bible is clearly talking about. So I think we're going to start first today with sex within marriage. Right, so our scripture for that is going to be in Ephesians 5, verses 29 through 33. So I don't know where you guys are watching this from or listening to this from, but um, go grab your Bible. Maybe you pause this right now and go grab your Bible if you're able to. If you're not, we will read it for you, so no worries. Um, Again, this Ephesians passage is going to talk about sex within marriage, and it's a beautiful picture, so I want us to get a glimpse of that. Again, starting in verse 29, so Ephesians 5, 29 says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I love this passage in Ephesians because it talks about marriage being a reflection of the Lord's love for us. So specifically in verse 
29, it says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. And that's a picture of the love between a husband and a wife, that you're supposed to love and cherish each other. So if you're one flesh, like this passage talks about, and you're cherishing your partner and loving them well, like in return, you're loving yourself well because you are one flesh. And so that means that you're going to receive satisfaction from that. You're going to receive fulfillment from that loving of your spouse well and that cherishing and um, in verse 33, respect for each other. Yeah. And also, Abby, I just, you know, if you don't know, I'm getting married in December. And I love this passage because we just see Christ joining the body of Christ together. And marriage represents that. It represents this union. And that is something that is just so cool about marriage, um, that it literally reflects Christ becoming one with his people. And so it calls us to a little bit, as Abby was just talking about, higher respect for our spouse or whomever we're in a relationship with, um, to know that what we're living in reflects Christ's love for his body. So I think next we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 6. So if you got your Bibles out, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 6. So we're going to be in verses 19 through 20 of 1 Corinthians 6. It reads, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Man, guys, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that Jesus came and died on a cross. And with that, my body was purchased. Um, And so for you today, if you're listening and maybe you're not a Christian or you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, or maybe you don't know who this Christ person is, Abby and I just wanted to share quickly with you the gospel story. This man, Jesus, came from God onto this earth as man, um, and he died for our sins because sin came into earth through creation um, and Satan tempted man and because of that we were separated from God and his son Jesus came to this earth and willingly gave his life so that we could be joined together again and I mean Ephesians touched on that image of Christ in the body becoming one Um, so through his death and resurrection he conquered the grave and just as these verses 19 and 20 are talking about um, our bodies now can indwell the Holy Spirit if we are in recognition of who he who he is and what he did for us on that cross. Um, and so that's the opportunity you have as a Christian is to be forgiven for your sin and to be um, chosen as his body of Christ. And so anyway, just aside from that, if you are a follower follower of Jesus Christ, um, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, just as it says here in 19. Um, and therefore we are called to glorify God and not only our bodies, but everything we do. So if we're living in sex within marriage, um, that would be glorifying to God, right? Because in Ephesians, we saw this mutual respect and one flesh coming together. And here it's saying that maybe if we're living outside of that law, outside of um, sex within marriage, 
we have to kind of question, is our body truly good and pleasing to the Lord? Then are we glorifying God within our body? And in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 1, it continues to say, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. So I know these, <laughs> these words of authority um, kind of are a little bit scary, um, but just as Abby was outlining for us earlier, this is respect for one another, right? We love our husbands and we love our wives in um, order to respect them and to show our care for them. I also think it's important to note here that Paul is like pretty much in recognition of sexual temptation and how real it is. And he is saying it is good for a man not to have sexual relationships with a woman. But if the temptation is real, then you should be married. Um, he He's honest about it, people. Real honest. Oh, yeah. We love Paul for that. We do. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, we're going to switch gears right now and talk about sex outside of marriage and what the Bible has to say about it. Know before we start talking about this that this is not supposed to condemn you or shame you for anything that you've done. Um, Know that you are, just as Kathleen talked about a minute ago, that the Lord came and died for our sins. He was a sacrifice for our sins. And um, that sacrifice includes cover, it it covers your sexual sin too and um, any temptations and whatever else. And so just know that you are covered if you are a Christian by the blood of the Lord and that there is no, there is therefore now no condemnation for you like Romans 8 tells us. But with that in mind, let's look at what the Bible has to say about sex outside of marriage. So we're going to go first to Galatians 5 verse 19. We're going to start. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So in this passage, four of the 15 sins mentioned are sexual sins. The Bible is, just like Kathleen said earlier, um, the Bible's clear that sex is harmful to us if it's not glorifying to God and if it's not in the context of marriage. But it does acknowledge that sex, sexual temptation is a real struggle. Um, and so it calls us to guard our hearts against it. To, um, there's this serious call to, to purity and away from temptation and falling into that. But it does acknowledge that it's a real thing. The end of the passage is... And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And I think that's just an awesome note for for it to end on because at the end of the day, like if we are in Christ, if we have, if we have 
been saved, um, if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, then um, all of those passions and desires have been crucified to the cross with Jesus. And that's awesome that we are free from that and that we are given the ability to walk away from that. I just want to say amen to that. Like, just Jesus is cool, guys. And I know that sounds so nerdy, but he literally by his his own accord, basically, he chose to lay his life down for us. Um, and because of that, we are able to be freed from the chains of sin. And just like Abby was saying, like all of the sins that we've committed and will continue to commit have already been nailed to the cross. And just let's be at the feet of Jesus with that. Like that is just so cool. Um, but as Abby started explaining earlier, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, as Romans 8 says. So we wanted to talk a little bit about, all right, well, what, is, what does the scripture have to say for me if I have gone too far? What do I do now? Um, what does this mean for me? And girls, I just, I want to be honest and transparent with you and say that I myself have struggled with um, this kind of sin. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of shame and guilt in it, um, but there are probably more women than you think who have struggled with this. Um, but as as a Christian, as a girls coordinator for Central Church, I am here for you guys. Um, you know, I've tried to see the other side, and I know I've grown up with mentors who have helped me walk past sexual sin, um, and they've given me some tools and scripture to use. And so Abby and I are here for that for you guys. But we also just want you, first and foremost, to know what scripture has to say for you. Um and I know that we've said the Romans 8 passage, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We also wanted to talk about um, John 8. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that story, um, but John 8 is about this woman who had committed adultery and the Pharisees brought her out into the streets um, to Jesus and the Pharisees say this woman she's committed adultery you know they wanted to test Jesus and see what he was going to do how he was going to react because there were some fierce punishments for women who women who committed such actions um but Jesus says to the Pharisees and the people on the street he says look whoever is without sin go ahead and cast the first stone on this woman and um nobody throws the rock Nobody hits her. Nobody does anything. And the Lord looks at this woman on the street and he goes, did they not condemn you? And she goes, no, no teacher. They did not. And he goes, neither do I. And he gives her this command of go and from now on sin no more. Um, and I just wanted to share that with you guys because um, it's a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and his character of forgiveness when he had the opportunity to condemn her in the streets because she had committed sin. He didn't. He forgave her instead and um, told her she needed to turn away. Um, the cross is beautiful in that moment to say there's joy in Jesus. There's joy in surrendering our lives and our sin to Jesus. Um, it might be a hard road and it might be some time to learn and strengthen, but the Lord gives you the tools. Um, but we do have the commandment to turn away from our sin. And so 
with that being said, we wanted to talk about, you know, well, what do some boundaries look like in my relationship? How, how do I live this out? Um, and I think Pastor Matt said this pretty well a few Sundays ago, but sometimes we can, we can view boundaries as confining and constricting and not fun and, you know, rules at school and stuff like that. We don't like them, but truly, as Pastor Matt was saying, what if it is God saying, your life will look better if you do this and if you don't do that? It's a way for the Lord to um, sharpen you, to mold you, to look more like him. And truly, your life will be better with these boundaries and the following his commandments. I love that you say that these boundaries for ourselves are a tool to make our lives better. It's not the Lord just giving us these regulations. It's tools for the Lord to help us, or it's the Lord giving us boundaries, these rules to help us live in a way that is more glorifying to him and more pleasing to him. Um, So I love that you paint boundaries in that light of being helpful and not just something that we do just to be able to do it. We do it because it's glorifying to the Lord. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Matt. (laughs) I won't take credit for that. So how do we set boundaries in a way that is glorifying to the Lord in a way that we know we are holding ourselves to a high standard and glorifying God in our bodies? I think one way to do this is to write our boundaries down. So I had a friend that did this with her mom, actually, well before she had a boyfriend. They sat down and looked at, okay, where do I want to set my boundaries? What am I comfortable with doing and what am I not? How can I keep myself from being put into these tempting situations? And that for her looked like not being in in a room alone with a guy with the light turned off, not being alone with a guy, period. Things like that, that you can write down and hold yourself to this standard and say, hey, I made this list. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to these boundaries that I've set for myself. Because I know, just like Kathleen was saying, that um, this is a tool for me to use to glorify the Lord in my body. Yeah. And I think just being able to see them is really cool too. Like having it in that written format, that's something I wish maybe like I would have known to do um, as a teenager growing up. And our staff has what's called an Ebenezer. And so for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a visual representation of what the Lord has done in our lives and is calling us to. So for us, our staff, it's ways to love our staff well. And we have it on this big poster and it's written on a football. We have copies in our office. (laughs) Like it's everywhere so that we're constantly reminded of how to love each other well. And so it was, it came out of a story for, um, the Israelites crossing the Jordan and then the Lord tells them to set up 12 stones to remember what he had done. And so for us too, writing down our boundaries, when we know the Lord is calling us out of sin and he's calling us to remain pure, when we look back at this list, we can say, wow, that's my Ebenezer. Like I'm remembering what the Lord is doing. It just, it adds an accountability piece to, to the boundaries. And just having conversations with your significant other can be so instrumental just to know where you're both at and where you both stand, especially, you know, just dating is tough and the lines get really blurry. It is. It's going to be so important for you to have these conversations with 
your significant other because just like Kathleen said, it can clear up a lot of things. It can put you both on the same page. I think having these conversations as well with our significant other is just so instrumental. It allows us to see where we're at individually because I don't know about you, Abby, but my boundary may not be the same as yours or like I may not be as comfortable with different things and that can be the same in a dating relationship. One of you could say, no, I need to stop sooner. Um, and that is okay. And just having these conversations allows you to recognize that. And it calls you to a mutual respect. If you're in a relationship, you're a teammate, you're working with this person. And, you know, just as we've talked about through these scriptures, we want to honor and glorify God. And we do that by respecting the other person. So if they don't want to go as far as another person, we need to respect that decision and we need to stop. It's so important to know where your partner is comfortable stopping so that you can keep yourself, keep each other accountable to that. But it's also for yourself. You need to know where you're comfortable stopping. And so for yourself, identify this point that we call point of no return, which is like maybe a situation that you're in or a thing that could happen where if you know that this thing happens or you're in this situation that you'll fall into something that you don't need to be doing or you'll overstep your overstep where you want to stop. And so identify this point and then stop one step before that. So maybe that's, um, you know, that if you were to lay down on the couch with your boyfriend, that you guys would get too heated and that it would just be, it would not be a good situation. You would be overstepping your boundaries in order to keep yourself, to set yourself up well from being put into that situation, you could say, okay, I'm not even going to sit down on the couch alone with my boyfriend because I know that the step after that laying down on the couch together is going to lead me a place that I don't want to go to. So stopping yourself before that point of no return is super important. And so I think that's a good rule to follow is um, to stop yourself before it. Yeah always before <laughs> you get there because it can just be hard up until that point of no return to say no um you know so just identifying that for yourself but also another helpful tool might be um just in general if someone were to be wearing clothes you never want to touch a person where those clothes would be um you want to respect who you're with i know in first corinthians um, chapter six we talked about how we were bought with a price and therefore our bodies were made holy because the holy spirit is dwelling within him within our bodies and so not only do we want to glorify god with our own bodies but we also want to um, help other people glorify god and not be a stumbling block for them so just a general rule of thumb if they were to be wearing clothes there you just don't want to be touching there um and i wanted to share a little i guess like (laughs) Uh, folklore, not really folklore. I don't know what the word would be for it, but something my dad shared with me when I was in high school. Um, And it's the story of a frog and frogs are amphibians, as you know. And so they adjust really well to the temperature that they're in. Their bodies acclimate to increasing or decreasing temperatures. But of course, if it gets too cold, 
cold or too hot, um, the frog will die. And so my dad told me this story about how if you put a frog in a pot and you increase the temperature and slowly, slowly bring it up to a boiling point, the frog adjusts to that boiling water and doesn't know to jump out of it. And so he ends up dying in this pot of boiling water. However, if you already have a hot pot and you take this frog from room temp and you just throw him in that hot boiling water, he immediately jumps out because he knows that that water is too warm and he's not going to survive in it. Um, and that just all to say that if we allow ourselves to adjust to sin, whether it's the sexual sin or um, maybe it's lying or stealing or something like that, if we allow ourselves to slowly get more and more comfortable with it, um, you know, we're going to become more dead in our sin and we're going to adjust to those things. So it's just kind of this warning to say, don't allow yourself to be put in situations that could lead to further and further sin. Exactly. I think it's so important to just, like you said earlier, take yourself out of the situation before it becomes something that you don't want it to be. To close out this episode, I just want to end on the note of Romans 10, verse 9. I want to go back to the idea of, okay, um, if you have gone too far, what, is, what does that mean for me? What, can I, what do I do now? How do I um, receive the forgiveness and the salvation that Jesus offers? Because um, we know that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us covered our sexual sin and our sexual temptation, and that we can have freedom from it through him. And so how do we get there? Well, Romans 10, 9 tells us, because if you, confess, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, so that's how you do it. You, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and the Lord can, um, he can cover all of your sin. He does cover all of our sin in his sacrifice for us on the cross as Christians. And so if you're a Christian, know that that is what the Lord has done for us, that there is therefore now no condemnation for you, but that if you are watching this and you're not Christian, that you can have that same freedom as well in Christ. Amen. We thank you guys for joining us today and listening to this short podcast about how far is too far. We hope that you guys um, join us again in two weeks for another episode. We love you and we're praying for you.